You know, what I want to do just in the time that I've got left this morning is just to kind of give you a little bit of an introduction and a heads up to where we believe God wants us to go uh, from here on in. And um, we, were, we got on our schedule to do something very different today. But as a result of last weekend, as a result of what happened last weekend, as a result of what God did amongst us and amongst you, we really felt God, I really felt God say to me, don't do that. You've got to ditch that and you've got to go somewhere else. So this is kind of the quickest series that we've ever developed, okay, like in a day pretty much. Um, and it really it's stimulated by this phrase, beyond the wall. Because we've been focusing for weeks and weeks now on breaking through the walls that are within us, breaking through the walls that are between us, and breaking through the walls that are in front of us. And I have to say, what we, we've done and you've done, we've done together with God, and God's been so much a central part, we've broken through. We've broken through. But breaking through a wall is not enough. Because you've got to go beyond the wall. And if you're into Game of Thrones, okay, Game of Thrones is a fantasy adventure based on some books. It's a hit uh, thing across the world. Um, $10 million each episode of 45 minutes. That's how much goes into it. But it's based on this kind of uh, fantasy kind of land. Can I just say, I am not recommending it, all right? Because I've made that mistake from this platform before of recommending films to you. You go watch the film, hate it, and then have a go at me. So I am not recommending it, all right? Um, and it's very violent, all right? So, so I'm definitely not recommending it. But in this book, there's these seven lands of Westeros. And there's a land at the north called the northernmost part of Westeros. Okay, it's fantasy. It's not real, all right? You get that. But basically, this is the description of, of, of this land in the northern part of, of the territory. It says it's wild, it's untamed, it's uncharted, but it's where the free folk are. And it really gripped me, this phrase, beyond the wall, you know, because you can break through a wall and not go through it. You know that, don't you? But God is calling us to go beyond the wall. And that land beyond the wall is a little bit uncharted. It's a little bit unwild. We don't have a map for it, but it's where the free folk are. And the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he said, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You're not set free to stay contained. You're set free to live beyond the wall. When we break through the wall, we are meant to go beyond it. And that means going beyond the walls of our limitation and restriction. It means going beyond the walls of our fear and self-preservation. It means going beyond the walls of our preferences and even our prejudices. It means going beyond the walls of our comfort and security. Because beyond the wall is where the free folk are. And that should include us. So over the next seven weeks, leading up to Christmas, we're going to look at what it means to go beyond the walls. But here's the thing, Christmas ultimately is the beyond the wall moment, isn't it? It's when God went beyond the walls of heaven by sending Jesus into our world so that we could have a relationship with him. He went beyond the walls. He went into that place that was dangerous for a vulnerable baby to be born. He put himself in that position. He went beyond the wall so that we could know freedom and have a relationship with him. But let's get real. Okay, that's all very well, Liam, but what really is out there beyond the wall? If you're saying that us as a church, we're going to move out beyond the wall, what's out there? I don't know. In fact, I hazard a guess that there's some danger, there's some threat, there's some discomfort, there's some cost, there's some sacrifice, there's some challenge. Yes. But I also want to suggest that there is also some adventure and some meaning and some purpose and some life and some richness and some diversity and some freedom. And I don't know about you, but if you want a safe, comfortable, predictable Christian life, you stay behind the wall, knock yourself out, but we're going to go beyond it. 
We're going to go beyond it. We are not going to just break through it. We are going to go beyond it into that land that God wants us to go into. And the challenge for us as individuals and as a church is this. Having broken through the wall, will we now go beyond it? You see, here's the thing. It's very possible to break through a wall and then to almost say, here's the land in front that we're going to go to. And we break through it and we peek through it and we look at it and we understand it and we sing songs about it but we never go beyond to it. It's possible, isn't it? It's possible to having broken through a wall to stay exactly as we are in the way that we are living and the way that we do in life, the way that we do in church, to stay and say, hey, there's a land beyond the wall and we've broken through, but we're not going to it. It's also possible to take a step and to go through and to go beyond it, but then when it gets a little bit too difficult, to say, do you know what? I think I'm going to go back here. <laughs> I think I'm going to go back here because at least I knew what it was like there. It was comfortable. It was familiar. It was secure. It's also possible to this. Someone spoke to me a couple of weeks ago and they said this. This has been really impactful what you've been speaking about the last few weeks. And I've had some walls in me. And God has brought them down 80%. And he said this to me. But I know there's 20% left and that's the hardest 20%. And so we chatted and talked about it. And as I went away, I thought, I really want to pray that God will take that 20% down. But what if he doesn't? You see, that fella has got a choice that he can stay here where this wall's pretty much broken down, but it's not all broken down. The rubble's not all cleared away. So I'm going to stay here until God takes everything out of the way. Or maybe God says, you know what? It's enough beyond it. Go beyond it. Maybe you need to step over some of the stuff in your life and go beyond the wall and live there. That's one of the themes that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. What happens when something happens in your life which creates a wall and actually God doesn't take it all away? Are you going to live behind it or are you going to go beyond it? And without speaking the whole message, because this is one that I'm going to do. Yeah, you got divorced. Your marriage fell apart. That's never, ever going to change. But you can live beyond it. You can live beyond it. Yeah, but that happened to my son and my daughter. Yes, it did. And that will never change. But you can live beyond it. Yeah, but you don't understand, you see, because this happened in another church that I was in and it created this wall between me and, and this person and therefore I do this and I do that and I understand all that and God may never take that wall away, but you can live beyond it. You can go beyond the walls. You really can. And that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks. And there's one verse that I want to show you this morning, just as an introductory uh, to this series. And it's from the book of Joshua. It's been a book that we've been traveling in this last few uh, weeks The context is that Israel, people of God, have broken through the wall of the River Jordan. They've broken through the wall of Jericho. Seven years later, they are settling as tribes in the land. They've gone to the land beyond and they're settling in. But not all of them. In fact, some of them aren't settling in at all. They're not taking uh, possession of the inheritance that God has for them. So they've broken through and they've stepped there, but they've not really gone beyond. They're not living there. And it's pointless crossing over into the land, breaking through the walls, if you're not going to live in the land that God wants you to live in. Why did God want them to move into that land? Just to eat grapes and sing songs forever about it? No, to possess the land, to bring the righteousness and justice of God to the land, to inspire people to dream again for what they could be in God. That's why he wanted them in the promised land, to be a blessing, not just to sing songs. And there's a sense in which some of these tribes got to a place where, where, where they were stuck. Having gone into the land, they couldn't quite go beyond. So they were hiding behind the wall. And it came to a head in Joshua 18 when Joshua says this to the Israelites. Joshua 18 verse 3. How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? How long are you guys going to wait 
before you go beyond into the land that God has for you. From the message translation, a different translation, it says this, how long are you going to sit around on your hands putting off taking possession of the land that God has given you? How long are you going to wait coming up with excuses, coming up with reasons before you go beyond all that stuff and into the land that God has for you? It's a great question. Saw a picture on Facebook yesterday, somebody in this church who I won't name or shame, um, but, but he put this picture up on Facebook and he thought it was funny, I think, because, yeah, anyway, it said this, <laughs> it said this, it said this, procrastinators of the world unite tomorrow. And I just thought it was great. Just this sense of which we put things off because we think somehow, why do we do that? Why do we wait? Why do we wait? And, and I think God has brought us to a point in our journey as, a, as individuals and as a church community where having broken through a wall, now we have to go beyond it. Now we have to live in the land that God has for us. So why do we wait? Why do we refuse to go beyond the wall? I think one of the reasons we do it is because of fear, to be honest. I think we, we, we're fearful. We, are, we, we fear the unknown. Maybe this morning, maybe you're not yet a, a Christ follower. Maybe you're not a Christian. Okay, and you're here and, and we are really glad you're here. And maybe you're thinking, why on earth would these people give that amount of money to build a building? What is this about? And you may be saying, what is motivating all these guys? And why are they so passionate about this? I want to encourage you, maybe you could go beyond as well. Maybe you could go beyond your assumptions about what God is or who God is or whether God exists. Maybe you could go beyond your past experiences. Maybe you could go beyond even your beliefs. And maybe you could step out into that land beyond and experience God for yourself. Maybe you could do that. There are lots of us here in this room who say, do you know what? Once upon a time, like we were like that as well. We thought everybody in here was crazy as well. But now we've took a step and we've gone beyond and we realize we've now become just as crazy as them. But maybe you could go beyond. And you know, we run Alpha courses here at the church. We've got one running at the moment on a Monday night, one running on a Friday morning. And there are people on both of those Alpha courses who, who would say, hey, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but, but you know, I'm going beyond. I'm stepping out. I'm going into that land. I'm experiencing for myself. But maybe you are a, a Jesus follower. Maybe you are a Christian. And you also know that actually you've been waiting way too long. And now you need to go beyond and you need to step out into the land that God has for you as well. So I think there's a fear of the unknown. But secondly, I also think there's a fear of change. There's a fear of change. Because you see, when you're behind the wall, you don't need to change. But when you go beyond it, you do. And someone once said this years ago that I've never forgotten. Uh, We don't fear change. We don't resist change. We resist being changed. And that's different. We resist the process by which we have to change, become different people. We resist that. We don't like that. And history has a habit of repeating itself. And so what happens in Israel is that they're set free from slavery in Egypt. And they go out and they break through the Red Sea. And then when they're in the wilderness, it gets a little bit difficult and challenging in that land that they're in. And then all of a sudden, some of them say, hey, could we go back to Egypt? Because at least back then, we knew what we were going to get for dinner. Yeah, we were in slavery, but at least we understood that. At least we knew what we were getting. So they'd rather go back to the familiar slavery than the unfamiliar freedom. You say something. I've noticed this. Many people will move churches to go to another church, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've done it, okay? But this is what often plays out, okay, in my experience. I've been doing this for over 20 years now. I've seen this many, many times. People say, we'll come from a church, and they say, come to this church. 
And early on, this church is great. It's like everything's brilliant. Leon, you're amazing. Everything's fantastic. You know where we're going. Everything's great. But then after a period of time, what happens is that they say, hey, you're not quite as amazing as I thought you were. Welcome. You know, you, you, this isn't quite like I thought it was. And then people start saying this. Do you know what? At our old church, we used to do this. And we used to do that. And we used to do this. And we used to have these things going on. And we used to do that. And I want to say, so why did you leave? You left for a reason. You left for a really good reason. You found something that was connecting with you. But over time, it's psychic. It's human behavior that we begin to think. Do you know what I mean? Rather than fully progressing, rather than really moving on in this new land, we want to go back to what we know. Why does that happen? It's, it's, it's something inside of the human psyche where we just can't quite break through and go beyond. We want to go back to behind the wall where we knew what it was and we were familiar with it. And I want to say to you, if you guys have joined this church and you are part of this church and we are glad that you are. You're going to add to this church. But can I say something to you? We are going to be as broad as we're able. We're going to create as much diversity as we're able. But we know where we believe God is telling us to go. And there will be some moments when you'll say, hey, yeah, but we should do this and we should do that and we should do the other. And our old church used to do this and our old church used to do that. And we'll listen to you, but we might not necessarily do it. It isn't because we don't love you. It's because we have to go with where God is telling us to go. We have to go out into that land beyond. And here's, here's revelation news for you this morning. We are not going to be able to please everybody all the time. But we are going to be passionate about trying to please him. And so culture is so important. In fact, culture in a community of people called the church, is more important than vision and strategy. It is more important. The way we do things, that heart and that passion is so important. And if we go beyond the wall, there are some implications for us this morning. One of the implications is this. It's not all about us. Okay? Didn't get an amen then. It's not all about us. It's not. And that means that, you know, we're going to have to think about that. And we have challenges here with car parking. We are, we'll have challenges getting everyone in. We'll have challenges with all of this. But it's okay because they're great challenges, aren't they? And it's not all about us. So we will embrace and we'll flex and we'll work it through well. And you might say, yeah, but why do you do this and why do you do that? And why do you have that music and that and that? Because it's not all about us. It's about trying to connect with those who don't yet know Jesus. And you know, the other one that we'll have to th- grapple with is maybe we need to start feeding ourselves a little bit. You know, we often get that in our kind of church. I, I don't feel, I- I'm not fed. That's all very well and good. If you're two or three, you should be fed by someone else. If you're 22 or 23 and you're still saying, no one's feeding me, something's wrong. In fact, the whole cycle, we've experienced this in our own lives, okay? We had, we've got two sons, two kids, and uh, of course, when they were young, we fed them. Then they got to a period of time when they grow old and then we're still feeding them. But, then, but our eldest son now has just returned home from university. If he's saying, you're not feeding me, something's wrong. Actually, he now cooks for us. Amen. Occasionally. Okay, just get that in. And that's how it should be, isn't it? There's a time when you should be fed. There's a time when you learn how to feed yourself. There's a time when you feed others. And that's one of the shifts that has to happen in a church that goes beyond the walls. So it's not all about me. It's not all about me being fed. Maybe we could travel further faster if we learned to work together and lay down our own agendas for the sake of something bigger. So if we are to go beyond the walls, what do we need? Let me just give you three quick things. Firstly, we need prayer. We need prayer. We need to pray as a church. It's one of our weaknesses as a church. And uh, we recognize that um, going beyond the walls is a spiritual battle. 
Staying behind the walls is safe and comfortable. But the minute we say, okay, do you know what? We're going beyond. We're going into a land that's wild, untamed, and uncharted. And there's battle there. And we want to go there, but we're going to need prayer. So what we've done is we've set up a prayer stream. And Matt Gregory, one of our guys in church here, is heading that stream up. And you know, prayer meetings in church are a real strange mix. Okay? Because they're, they're not the most usually attended events in a church life. Okay? They're just not. But the goal is not to have a prayer meeting. The goal is to pray. And so what we want to do is we want to encourage and stimulate prayer across the whole life of the church. So we're going to do that creatively. We're going to embrace technology. We're not going to do loads and loads of extra meetings. We're going to encourage people to pray. So what Matt's going to do is he's going to set up initially four prayer groups. There'll be a commercial group that will pray into the economic and the financial life of the church. And that includes businesses and people within the life of the church. We're going to set up a community group that regularly pray in the community and for the community. We're going to set up a healing group that are equipped and gifted to pray for the sick. And we're going to set up an intercessory prayer group who will pray for the church, including the children and the young people and the elderly and every aspect of the church. If you'd like to be part of that, all you need to do is to sign up. There's a sign-up sheet there at the table right in front of the PA desk. Or you can go onto that website and you can sign up on the website. And Matt and his team will contact you and will start to give you information and you can start to pray. It was amazing, 320 gifts going through that wall, breaking through. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had 320 people that were praying that we'd go beyond the wall? Amen. That we wouldn't just break through, but we would go beyond. That would be amazing. Secondly, so we need prayer, but secondly, we need each other. You know, the church should be where everyone arrives with their piece of the jigsaw. You know, we need each other. That means we need to work out stuff that arises. You know, if you think that once you go beyond the wall, there'll be no more falling out, I have news for you. There'll be more falling out. Okay? But there was more of a sense, hey, we need to work this out between us because we don't want these walls between us because life's too short and what God has called us into is too important. So when we do fall out, which we will, we'll work it out. We won't retreat behind our walls. Amen? Because we need each other. And we need to be creative in how we spur one another on. And we need to be the army that cares for our wounded, not shoots them. So we need to be that kind of people. So we need prayer. We need each other. And thirdly, we need a clear focus if we're going to go beyond the walls. And that focus is not a mission statement. It's not a vision. It's not a strategy. It's a person. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. We'll strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. And we'll run with endurance the race marked out for us. We'll do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And there's a great verse in the Old Testament in the book of Micah chapter 2. It says this, verse 13. The one who breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their king will pass through before them. The Lord at their head. And this idea about, about Jesus there kind of breaking through the wall and heading out... And us following him. And so some of you might say, if I'm going to go to the land beyond, I don't know what's there. And I'm a little fearful of that. And I can't tell you what's there, but I do know who is there. And that's God. And Moses said, you know what? If your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going to go. So it really doesn't matter what's beyond the wall because we know that God's there. And so what we're going to do as we finish this morning is that we're going to just pray. And we're going to give ourselves to God. And over the next seven weeks, I really want to encourage you to join us in this journey of going beyond the wall. What God has done in the life of this church last weekend, right now, is absolutely amazing. But we're not going to stop there. We are not going to stop there. We have got to go 
beyond the wall. And every week over the next seven weeks, we're going to give you a challenge, okay? And one of the challenges we're going to keep feeding into is this. Over the next seven weeks, I want to challenge you to pray about who you can invite to the Christmas event on December the 14th. And then invite them, okay? So don't just pray about it, do it. And wouldn't it be amazing if we had a culture where every single person in the church was thinking and praying and alert. Who can I invite? Who can I invite? Who can I witness to? Who can I share my faith with? Because if we did that, that would revolutionize what God was doing among us, wouldn't it? Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you that you are an amazing God. God, we are in awe of what you've done in this church. But Lord, we sense in our spirits that that we haven't seen anything yet. (laughs) We sense that there is so much more that you want to do. God, that prophetic picture of hundreds of people streaming into a building and hundreds of people streaming out of a building full of vision and faith and aspiration. God, that's an amazing picture. And God, I really pray that you'd keep that picture that we saw on that video in our mind. And that, Lord, that we would let that fuel us to not just break through the wall, but to go beyond the wall. It's where the free folk are. And Lord, that's where we want to be. So Father, as we set our vision to you as we set you as our clear focus. We don't know where you're leading us, but we know it's you. So we are going to follow you wherever you lead. So Lord, keep that at the center of our focus and our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.